Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. Amen. I think Brother Joe does just fine. Amen. I know, I know Brother Jason does too. I just also know Brother Jason. One of those, you know, you, get the, you say they enjoy the things in life. For Brother Jason, sometimes that's just a little, a little jab. Amen. And that's all of us, or a lot of us. Amen. Uh, I'm glad uh, to be in the Lord's house this morning. And I'm glad to be here at my home church today. Uh, we're blessed to get to serve the Lord sometimes in other places, but there's no place like being here. Uh, with the people that God has brought into my life, and and uh, the time of Thanksgiving, and we ha- we talked a lot about that Wednesday night. We were talking about be ye thankful, uh, and uh, I just want to say again <clears throat> how thankful I am that the Lord has uh, has brought us here. Amen. That uh, our family has become part with your families, and uh, it brings me joy to see each one of you that's here. And I want you to know that. Amen. I, here, here's the God's honest truth. I'm not super great at saying those sort of things. I feel awkward. Am I the only one that's like that? Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, being encouragement. You know, being an encouragement. I'm not, I'm not a great encourager. Uh, but I do want y'all to know that I love you, and I'm thankful for each and every one of you. Amen? And uh, I know we've got a few who are, who are out this morning traveling, uh, seeing family, and, and, and I know that there is still uh, just sickness all over the place. I got a text this morning from my gurney uh, that Pap... Uh, woke up with a fever this morning, so y'all remember him in your prayer. It's just, it's just that way everywhere right now, I know that, but I'm glad that you're here. Hope that you're feeling well, and I also agree that it's a blessing to have uh, Pop and Miss Martha back with us this morning. Amen. They were here Wednesday, and uh, it was a joy to see you then, and I'm glad you're back with us now. Amen. Uh, they can have you for a little bit, so long as we get you back when it's over. Amen. Psalm chapter 34 this morning, as I was... Um, Praying, meditating, seeking the Lord's guidance on the, uh, the service this morning and what the Lord would have me to preach. I, I kept coming back to this chapter a while back just in my normal daily devotional, whatever you want to call it, Bible reading in the morning. I, I like to get up uh, early and, and first thing, sit down with a cup of coffee and read before I do anything else, uh, generally. And as I was doing my reading here, and I, I, a lot of times when I finish where I'm at in the Bible, I'll go and I'll read a psalm. Um, I know I've mentioned I'll read a proverb that goes with the date a lot of times as well. But I just read this psalm a while back, and when I did, uh, it just kind of struck out at me, and I've got a little spot in my phone where I'll make notes and things, and I went and made a note to come back and look at this. And and as I was thinking about this morning, the Lord took my heart back to this psalm. So we're going to look through the whole psalm today is is my plan. Now, um, we'll see how that goes. There are 22 verses, uh, and I I have... Really, what we're going to look at is three lessons from Psalm chapter 34. And if the Lord leads that way, and I feel the need of, we'll stop early. I'm not going to preach for an hour this morning, if God will help me. Amen. But there is a lot to it. Amen. And if we need to, I'll just come back to the rest of it in the the afternoon service 
Uh, I've already considered that, but I think we'll be fine. Here's what I know. I know that in this passage, we have the Word of God. And I know that the Word of God is true. And I know that we need to hear it. Amen? So let's look here in Psalm chapter 34. Uh, before we, we'll just read the first eight verses to get started, but before we do, I want to uh, point out to you the, the sort of pretext of the psalm. In my Bible, it is in italics before the actual verses. It's different in each Bible. Uh, I know the way it's printed sometimes, but this one, it says, A psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. Now that is referring, if I'm not wrong, to 1 Samuel chapter number 21, uh, and that is picking up right in the middle of Saul chasing after David. In chapter 22, Jonathan gives uh, David that signal that, that his dad wants to kill him. Or, excuse me, in chapter 20. And in chapter 21, David leaves, and that's where you read it first. He goes to uh, the temple or, or the ta- a place with a man named Ahimelech, uh, and he goes there and he eats the showbread, and he gets Goliath's sword, and then he leaves there. Uh, and then he goes to Gath. G-A-T-H, Gath. Some of y'all know when you hear that word Gath, who that's associated with. There was one called Goliath of Gath. Now David, sort of if you want to say it like this, got famous, quote-unquote, after his battle with Goliath, right? How did he face that giant there? And he was Goliath of Gath. So Gath is a city of the Philistines. There's a man there uh, whose title is Abimelech, which means the son of the king. And this man was the king of Gath, and David went there to escape Saul, his king. He went into enemy territory to hide. And when he got there, some people started talking. Is that not David who killed Goliath? Is that not the David, the enemy of the Philistines? And so then David, in fear, begins to act crazy. Talking out of his head, the Bible said his spittle ran down into his beard. He literally acts like a madman, so nobody will go near him. And, he's a, and then the king says, get this man out of here. Get him away from me. He's crazy. And they drive him out. That's why you read that text here. It says, who drove him away and he departed. So this is after that. When David leaves that city where he went to try and hide and was found out by his enemies, he comes to a cave which is called Adullam in the Bible. And in that cave, it's believed, is where he wrote this psalm. David's life has just gotten flipped upside down. One day he's there with Saul playing the harp and everything is good, and he is the man who slayed ten thousands, and things are going up, 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 and then he starts running into a little bit of opposition from Saul. And he's kind of stepped away, and he says, Saul wants to kill me, but when he's not at the dinner table, Saul gets mad because he says, where's David? Because Saul is somewhere in that weird place where he is literally crazy, between one minute wanting David to be there with him, and the next minute wanting to kill him with a javelin, right? Now David has, has, has got confirmation from Jonathan, who he trusts, My father's going to try and kill you. You need to leave. And so he literally has to leave his wife, the daughter of Saul, leave all of his friends, his family members, everybody he knows and loves, go into the wilderness. He goes to that temple uh, with Ahimelech because he's starving. He hasn't eaten. And he gets bread. And he gets a sword because he don't have a sword. I mean, he's left in a hurry. And he goes out and now he's tried one thing after another. Now he's found himself in a cave. He's not in a good place. Okay? He's not in a comfy place. He's not, in a, he's not even in a, in a Super 8, okay? I mean, he, he, he's not in a budget hotel. He's not staying with strangers. He is in a cave. Any of y'all ever spent the night in a cave? I have not ever spent the night in a cave. Now, I've spent the night outside 
but never particularly in a cave. Anybody has, did you say you stayed in a cave? Did you have a sleeping bag? Did you have anything? Okay. For shelter. Right. Well, no doubt it's similar for David. He's in that cave because here's nature's shelter. But he didn't have a sleeping bag. He didn't have a tent. He didn't have a lantern. He's, he's in a bad place. He's in a dark, literally dark place, hiding, afraid for his life, and he writes Psalm chapter 34. Look at verse number 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. I saw the Lord, and He heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto Him, and they were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear Him, and delivereth them. Verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. Now this is, a, this is an acrostic psalm. Brother Jason's been talking to me a lot recently about some of these psalms and how that they are structured with the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And this is one of those. And I believe the reason, in my, in my opinion, and that's all it is, really my opinion, the reason David likely did that is because it was the way he had learned to write poetry. It was the way, and maybe he sat down with a piece of, uh, of parchment and, and whatever he could find, charcoal or ink, and he began to write and he wrote down maybe the letters of the Hebrew alphabet and went from there. And the first thing he said is, I will bless the Lord at all times. And the Holy Spirit begins through David to give us an inspired word from God. And in the whole chapter of chapter number 34, I believe God is going to give us three lessons from Psalm 34. And the first, as we just read, is a lesson on praise. It's a lesson on praise. Now, in verse, 30, in verse number 1 of chapter 34, there are two words that are used. And the first one is bless. I will bless the Lord. I will bless Him. To bless Him means to adore Him. It is to love Him. It is to speak adoringly of Him from a place of humility. It's like it's akin to worship, right? It is, it is saying good and kind and loving things about the Lord. I will bless His name, for He's been so good. He's a great God, a wonderful God, a powerful God. That's what it means to bless the Lord at all times. And it's interesting that He says at all times, and we see the timing of the praise there in verse number 1. The timing of the praise in this lesson, he said, I will, in both times, both places in, chapter, in verse number 1 where he talks about his actions, he gives a timing to it. Do you see that? The first one is, is sort of situational. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Well, that is really something to say when you're in a cave, alone, running for your life. I will speak good and blessed words about my God at all times. In the good times. In the bad times. In the winter. In the summer. In the warm and in the cold. In the plenty and in the little. I will bless the Lord. That no matter what time it is, no matter where I am, no matter what's going on, I am going to bless the Lord. Amen. 
It is the timing of His praise. He says, I'll bless Him at all times. Then He says this, His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That is referring to the consistency and the persistency of His praise. That I'm going to keep praising Him and that I will not stop praising Him. Amen. His praise will continually be in my heart. No, in my mouth. That is to say, I am going to bless the Lord at all times, no matter where I am or what's going on, and I'm going to praise the Lord continually. I'm going to keep praising Him and keep praising Him and keep praising Him. That's something for David to speak of praising the Lord at all times continually when he is in the middle of, let's be real, at this time in his life, the hardest trial he's ever faced. I mean, it would be hard to be David at this time and not think something like, I'd have been better off if Samuel had never come to my father's house and anointed me. I mean, that's what the children of Israel did when when God rescued them out of literal slavery to take them to a promised land, fed them with bread from heaven, water out of rocks, didn't let their shoes wear out, and had a pillar of fire to lead them at night. They said, it would be better for us if we were back at Egypt. But you don't see David saying that. What's he say? Well, things don't look great. I know that they're eating good back there at Saul's kingdom. And I know that my dad and my brethren back there on the farm are doing well and everything is great. But where I'm at is not so great. I can't go home, they'll find me and kill me. I can't go to the kingdom, they'll find me and kill me. I I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to eat tomorrow. But I'm going to bless the Lord. Amen. Because the timing of praise is, is actually really, really simple. Always praise the Lord. Amen. At all times, praise the Lord. Any time of day, any time of night, any situation of life, Never quit praising the Lord. Now David's going to get into some things about deliverance here in a little bit, but right now, he's not in a place of really great deliverance. Right now, he's in the middle of something else he's going to talk about, and that's trouble. He's in the middle of his trouble, and he says this, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times, and His praise shall continually be in my mouth. There's something to learn about the timing of praise right there, and that's this, we should always be praising the Lord. Always. Amen. The telling of praise in verse number 2, verse number 3 said, My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. Magnify the Lord with me, he said. He said, The humble shall hear thereof, of what? Of my heart's boast in the Lord. Y'all have heard anybody say, Why don't you just... Hey, 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 brother so-and-so, stand up there and brag on Jesus. You ever hear anybody say that? I just want to brag on Jesus for a minute. Bragging and boasting, they're akin. It's, it's sort of two, it's the same thing, right? Bragging and boasting, it's being... And we associate bragging as a negative thing, right? Don't be a braggart. Don't be boastful. And I agree. Because generally speaking, that word boast and that word brag, they're associated with pride. But my soul is not bragging and boasting in me. It is bragging and boasting in the Lord. Amen. And that is not pride, but that is a sign of humility. That I am lifting Him up. Amen. And they say, someone will come to you and they'll say, hey, I appreciate that testimony. Or I appreciate that song. Or I appreciate that message. 
Our response should always be, to God be the glory. Amen? When somebody says, hey, Brother Paul, I really appreciate that message you preached. It really helped me. I'll just say, God bless you, or I'll try to say, you know, thank the Lord, or, or something like that, because I don't ever want someone to think that I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right, that was a pretty good message, wasn't it? Because bragging in me is never good. Bragging and boasting in, in me is, you know, you heard what I said, it's never good. But boasting in the Lord is always good. Look how good God has been to me. Look how good God has been to you. Look how great and wonderful our God is. David said this, magnify the Lord with me. Lift Him up. Magnify, that means make Him bigger. Right? It's like John said, He must increase, I must decrease. That's what it means. That's what it means to, to praise Him. That The lesson on praise, the, the timing of it is that we do it at all times. We do it continually. But the telling is this, that we need to tell about how good God is. Praise Him with our, with our mouth, with our words. We magnify Him. And he said this, that the humble would hear, right? The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. If the humble is hearing it, if someone else is hearing about the praise of God, that means it's being given out loud. Amen? We should be praising Him with our mouths. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. He said this, I'm going to praise the Lord. And I want the humble to hear me praising Him. I want you to hear Him praising Him. But then what I want is I want you to praise Him with me. Amen. Amen. God's people coming together and praising the Lord together. There is nothing really quite like it. That's the telling of praise. And we see our troubles in praise. Verse 4. Look at verse 4. I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Look at verse uh, number six there too. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Now let me ask you a question. Are all of David's troubles over? This is a lesson about praise. And here's the, the troubles in praise. If we only ever praise Him when we have no trouble, we'll never praise Him. Because if you look, there's something to be troubled about. Amen? <clears throat> Even when things are going good in our own personal lives, there are troubling things out in the world. Amen? Miss Wendy texted me last night about some of the stuff going on in government. We were chatting just a little bit about that, and here's the truth. There's just troubles on every side, right? There are. And, and sometimes those troubles get more personal, don't they? And they, they come in our own personal lives. David was experiencing some personal troubles. He's, a, he's separated from his wife. He's separated from his family. He's separated from all of his friends. He's separated from his own kindred, his own country. He can't even go to his own country. He's in the middle of his troubles, and here's what he said. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Now David's looking at his trouble, and here's what he says. The Lord hears me in my troubles. Then we see his, his hearing in our troubles. He saw the Lord. He said, he heard me in verse 4 and delivered me from all my Fears. Do you reckon that David experienced any fear at this time? Well, yeah, for sure he did. I mean, he just, he just got done pretending to be crazy and rubbing his spit around in his beard so that no one would attack him and try to kill him. He's obviously experiencing fears, but he says this, the Lord has delivered me. That's past tense, right? The poor man cried, I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me. You know what he's doing? He's praising the Lord now for what the Lord has already done, 
And he is praising the Lord now for what the Lord is going to do. Here's the lesson in praise concerning our troubles. God hears our troubles when we're in them. He hears us. His ear is turned toward us again and again and again in the psalm. You'll see that David talks about how that God hears him, that God is listening, God is, is waiting for him to cry out. And in the middle of his troubles, David is praising God for rescuing him while he's in the cave. Amen. Now, he can thank the Lord for rescuing him when that javelin was thrown at him by Saul. He can thank the Lord for delivering him when he fought against Goliath and when he fought the battle of all those Philistines. And he's done all these things, but, but right now there are more troubles that are risen. But here's what David is saying. He's already delivered me. I'm already delivered. In the middle of my trial, I am already delivered. The hearing is troubles. The hope in troubles is this. Verse number 5 said, They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. Said they looked unto him, who? The Lord. Here, here is just a real simple and practical application to verse number five. Even when we're in the middle of a storm, if we can keep our eyes on him, he will lighten us. He will lighten us. Now, that word lighten here in this context, it, it is literally talking about being lit up being engulfed in light. Even in a dark place, you can have the light of the Lord if you can keep your eyes on Him. And he said their faces were not ashamed. What does someone do when their face is ashamed? They go like this. But when someone is looking at Him, they go like this. Right? Lift up your head. Right? Lift up your head. That's what he's saying. If we will lift up our head, even in the middle of the cave, even in the middle of the rain and the storm and the darkness, if we will lift up our head and look unto Him, then instead of being like this, we will be like this. We will be lightened. We will see the joy of the Lord and we will praise Him. Amen. When people stop praising Him, it's because they've taken their eyes off of Him. People stop praising God when they take their eyes off of Him and they put them on their situations. People stop praising God when they take their eyes off of Him and they put it on their finances and they put it on the sickness around them and they put it on the, the troubles that are on every side like the Bible says, right? When they take their eyes off of Him and they put it on all of this, then their head goes down like a shameful face. But if when we are even in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the cave, in the midst of the, the difficulty that is in our life, if during that difficulty we will bless the Lord, praise the Lord at all times continually, looking up at Him because He's heard us, He'll deliver us, and we'll just watch Him, then our faces will be lightened. You and I, we all know people who in the midst of very difficult trials have kept joy. Don't we? People who are going through terminal illnesses, people in the midst of great suffering, people who've lost dear loved ones. I mean, going through it. But when you talk to them, they don't talk about all their troubles. All they talk about 
God sure has been good. You might even go to them and say, hey, I just want, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I know this is going on. How, how are you doing? Well, I, I'm doing all right. The Lord's been good to me. You ever know anybody said like that? Because they don't want to shine a light on the suffering. Is the suffering just as real for them as it is anybody else? Yes, it is. We're troubled on every side. It's true. We are. It, it, it's, a, it's a fact of life. There are troubles. But rather, those people who have learned the lesson of praise, like David's trying to teach right here in Psalm chapter 34, the people who have learned the lesson of praise, it is not just a matter of, well, you know, I need to praise God. If I were to ask this morning, should we praise the Lord with a raise of hands, everybody in here would raise their hand who's been saved. You know, should we praise the Lord? Well, yeah, we should praise the Lord. Nobody's going to argue you shouldn't praise the Lord, right? But there's a difference in knowing that and having learned the lesson of praise. Learning the lesson of praise is, is, is what David is exhibiting to us right now. And that is this. The situations don't matter when it comes to blessing the Lord and praising the Lord. The situations affect us. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. But whether we are on the mountaintop or whether we are in the valley down below, at all times we should bless His name. And we should continually praise the Lord. Now, I, I, I've taught you and we've talked a lot about the difference between worship and praise, right? Worship is the lowering of me and it is, it is, it is just bowing down before Him and, and lowering me and, and, and praising for how wonderful He is in our worship. We, we reduce ourselves and increase Him. But in praise, we lift Him up. It is a focus. It is an outward expression of, of bless the Lord, how good He is to me. Amen. That's what praise is. And we're going to praise Him at all times in the timing of it. And we're going to praise Him with our mouths. We're going to give Him that, magnify Him. And the humble are going to hear us. And we're going to do it together with the telling of it. And then we see the trouble of it, that our hearing, His hearing in our troubles, He hears us. And our, our hope in troubles is this, if that we can just keep our eyes on Him, then, then we see our help in troubles is very simply that the Lord will deliver us. Verse 4, I saw the Lord, He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Verse number 6, this poor man cried, the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that hear him, and delivereth them. Our help in troubles is this. We are troubled on every side. But there's coming a, a moment. There's coming a day. There's coming a point where the deliverance will be past tense. He is going to hear you. And if you'll just stick with Him, you'll find He will deliver you. That's the hope in our troubles, our troubles in praise. And we see, our, we see the taste of praise, verse number 8. Here's, here's, here's something we really need to learn. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. Now, we pluck that verse out on its own a lot of time, and that's great. I mean, I mean, that verse is wonderful. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. But if we look at it in, in the context of praise, here's what David is saying. I'm going to praise Him all the time, at all times. I'm going to praise Him continually. And I want you to praise Him with me. Praise Him with me. 
Amen. Is God good? Amen. Is God good all the time? Amen. But is He good in our praise? Is God good to us? Yes, He is. Is God good all the time? Yes, He is. The goodness of God can be especially experienced in a moment of praise. Now, here's what I mean when I say that. Salvation is not about feelings, right? Can, can I level with you? I don't always feel saved. I don't always feel like a Christian. There's sometimes when I feel like a heathen, right? I feel tired. I feel sick. I feel lazy. I, feelings are just, they're fickle, right? What I had for supper can change my feelings. So they are fickle. Feelings are not what we trust. We don't trust in the Lord. Blessed is not the man that trusts in, in our feelings. Well, blessed is the man that trusts in Him, right? We don't trust in our feelings. We trust in the Lord. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Can I submit this to you? You'll never get, probably, a stronger taste, or I'll say this, you'll rarely get a stronger taste of the goodness of God than you do when you are in a moment of praise. Amen. You'll see a young Christian, they get saved. They get in church. God begins to bless them. God begins to work in their life. They, they don't know much about the Bible. They don't know much about church, but they've been coming and, and things are going well and, and they're growing in the Lord and, and they come in one day and, and man, the Holy Spirit just settles in. From the time the song leader gets up and they begin to sing, the, you'll see people in the church, you'll see someone with a hand raised. Just a little bit here or there. And as the service goes on, you'll see it kind of sort of flow in a certain direction. Someone will testify and there'll be tears running down their face. And they'll see that new Christian sitting over there going, man, what, what exactly is going on? And they can feel, they, they feel this, this wind of praise, this wind of worship going through the place. They'll see people going down to the altar and crying. And not because they're convicted of sin, but just because God is so good. And they experience the goodness of God and they go down and pray. And then someone will go and they'll sing a special and you'll hear somebody holler out, Amen, Hallelujah, bless the Lord. And you might even hear somebody let out a shout. And you see that young Christian. And they've never done that before. And sometimes they might look over and they'll go, what's going on? But the Holy Spirit inside of them will start bubbling up. Y'all ever, ever heard of the can't help it's? Right? Yeah, I, I don't want to get up and... And, and, and testify, or I, I don't want to throw a hand up and say, praise the Lord, but, but there's just something welling up in me. And here in a minute, if I don't, if I don't watch out, I'm not going to be able to help myself. You see a young Christian for the first time stand with a hand raised, thank you, Lord, and, and you'll see tears. You know what happens when people start doing that? They get spoiled to it. Right? It's like eating good pizza for the first time. Amen? Amen. It's like having good coffee. Now, I will admit, my brother-in-law has ruined me a little bit on coffee. He's a coffee connoisseur, and he's kind of pulled me into that. Now in the mornings, I get up, and it's like a, I mean, it's like a science experiment in there. Me just making one cup of coffee this big. I've got to, doing all this stuff. Brooke thinks it's ridiculous, because she hates the, even the smell of coffee. 
But to me, I'm like, man, there's nothing like when I sit down and I've got my Bible and I've got this delicious cup of coffee from some roaster or something, you know, something crazy. Because you get spoiled to things when they're better than other things. Tasting the goodness of God is never experienced in any other place in life like it is when you just praise Him. Amen. When you just stand with a hand raised, when you get in one of those services where people are crying, you go down, you get on the altar, and you say, God, thank You, Lord, for saving me, for being so good to me. And you start talking about it, and you feel that welling up. And, and David says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And you begin to lift up His name and magnify Him. And, and, and he says, Let, let's praise Him together. He say, amen. And God's people begin to praise the Lord, and you get, a, you get just a, a taste of that. You know what happens? You get to the place where you want it every time you go to church. Amen. Now, you and I, we all know not every church service is meant to be like that. Not every church service is way up here. But I will tell you this. Sometimes it ought to be. Wednesday night, there was a sweet spirit of thanksgiving in here after when we were looking through the lesson. And just the spirit, I, I could feel the spirit moving and speaking to us, you know? And I could see it on people's faces. God speaking to them. Wasn't too long ago on a Wednesday night, I believe it was, Miss Martha gave us a, a wonderful testimony. And then the others started popping up and testifying. And, and, and what happens is you see somebody get... You know what happens when I see somebody with a real good-looking piece of pizza? I want a piece of it. I've got a video on my phone, I won't show it to you right now, obviously, of a place in Columbia, Kentucky, where they do deep-dish pizza. And when I pulled up that first piece of pizza, there was literally more cheese than a human should eat between the slice and the pizza. I mean, it's like a pie. You've got to spoon it out. And when I look at that, I feel a spiritual moving of the Lord. And the first time somebody, you know, was mentioning that place, I was like, man, I've got to, I've got to go. We were, a few years back, we were at a youth meeting at my brother's church, and Brother Curtis was there. I went and got one of those pizzas because it's about 15 minutes away. We were in our men's conference. Brother Curtis was in the hotel room. He texted me, hey, what's the name of that pizza place we went to that one time? And he went and got one, took this hotel room, and sent me a picture of it. I'm like, brother, we're eating barbecue in an hour and a half. You're going to be dead for three days after eating that one piece of pizza. So what happens when you see other people enjoying something, and you think, that looks awfully good. That's why David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Because when you see somebody starting to get a taste of how good God is, you know what you want to do? If you're saved, it makes you want to get in on that. Man, I'd love to feel the Lord like that. And I'd love to bless the Lord like that. I'd love to praise the Lord like that and to feel that. And Here's the, the problem. There's some people look over at it and they've never tried it. You know, it's like my daughter when I try to get her to try something new. And she's like, mm, I don't want that, you know. I'm just not sure about that. And when someone has never magnified the Lord with us, maybe that's how they look at it. It looks like it could be good, but if it's not. But if you ever taste, you'll see that. I mean, that word is there for a reason. Because if you if you've tasted it, then you know. Don't knock it till you try it, right? I like all kinds of food. I mean, I love, there are very few foods that I don't enjoy, if y'all can't tell. My wife, however, she's a little bit more picky. And when we got married, you know, growing up in her house, it was, you know, she, she, they didn't eat, she didn't eat a lot of vegetables and things. Her dad's kind of the same way. She's a lot like him in their tastes. When we got married, I'm like, look, you're going to have to try this. I'm not going to give up till you do. Amen? And sometimes she really hates me for that, I'll just tell you. And, I, and she sometimes tries things, and she, ugh, and she hates it. I'm like, well, you know, you've tried it. Now that you've tried it, you can see it's not good. 
But there are some things that she has tried and went, that's pretty good. My wife doesn't eat seafood. But there are certain kinds of sushi which is, that's cooked that she will eat. You know why? Because I said, you've got to try it before you curl up your nose at it. And now, when we go to the Japanese, if they've got this roll, she wants to get one. And she'll just eat that as her meal. Because if you'll taste it, sometimes you'll find out, man, that's good. The problem is, we got a lot of people who have just never tasted the praise of the Lord. They'll say, should you praise the Lord? Amen. Well, should you magnify the Lord? Amen. Is God good to us at all times? Amen. Well, why don't you praise Him? Amen. I mean, let it go sometime. Right? You don't always have to be all, you know, like this and just, just kind of bundled up and I refuse to let it out. It doesn't matter what kind of person you are. You don't got to take a lap to praise the Lord. But I mean, if you just get in on a little bit and taste what it's like when you will allow yourself. David said, my soul. He talks about his soul lifting up the Lord. If you'll just let what is in you, if you're saved, you know what's in you? The Holy Spirit. And you know what he likes to do? He likes to praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometime, if we would just let go of all of the binding up and all of the locking up and all the, the troubles that we hold on to so tightly, and when, 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 when you get the opportunity to stand up and say, I want to thank the Lord for saving me, if you would just try, you know what you find out? It's good. Every time. Nobody has ever stood up a saved individual and said, I want to thank the Lord for saving my soul and regretted it. That's a bold statement. But I'm going to tell you, somebody who is saved and has the Holy Ghost will never regret praising the Lord. Amen. Now there's been some times where I've looked back on things I did as a young person praising the Lord and maybe got a little too overzealous and thought, man, that's kind of what was I thinking, right? I don't regret it. Not if God got the glory. Not if God was magnified. And, and I can't even begin to describe to you the joy that is felt in the heart of a Christian when they truly praise the Lord. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Not just that He's good in our lives, but taste what it's like, like David said, to bless Him at all times. To praise Him continually with my mouth. To thank Him when He delivers me. and To, to trust Him. And, and, and just even right now, in the middle of a deep, dark, damp old cave, to sit down by the whatever light He had, with whatever He had to write with, whatever He could find to write on and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. Oh, taste and see, the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. 
If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.